Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Ashley. In this week's episode, we have our friend Sarah joining us to discuss our favorite mafia romances and why the genre is worth exploring. Welcome, Sarah. I'm back. We've included a trigger warning for this episode. Uh, We do discuss violence, kidnapping, and dubcon situations. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. So, we are digging into a bunch of different mafia romances, and we had to bring Sarah back on the show because she is the queen and expert in all things mafia. So, Sarah, explain to us how you got started digging into this mafia genre and why it appeals to you so much. Yeah, so I started getting into darker and darker romances throughout the year. I've read about 35 mafia books this year, and I just like the dark themes that mafia brings along with it. It has some of my favorite tropes, and it's really, they're usually really quick straight to the point, easy reads. Some of these books are darker than others, but I really just, I, I think I would consider it a subgenre of romance, not necessarily a trope, um, but I just, I enjoy it. I love the dominating mafia zaddies. I would agree that it's a subgenre of romance. All right. So one of the things that we wanted to clarify, I'm oh, sorry, Ash, did you say something? Oh no, it's fine. I was just agreeing that I consider this a, sh- a subgenre of romance instead of like a trope. Yeah. So in romances, we're going to see mafia romances and we're also going to see gang romances. And since we're specifically talking about mafia romances in this episode, we wanted to take some time to differentiate between them. So, Sarah, how would you differentiate between mafia and gang romances? Sure. So first off, I want to say mafia is kind of a fancy word for a white gang, okay? (laughs) But in your mafia books, everything is more heritage-related and it is passed down generationally, where in your gang books, you know, your skin color doesn't typically matter, who you grow up with doesn't really matter, where you live doesn't really matter, and their lines are a lot more blurred with gang romance. So mafia has clear, defined, strict rules, and they're going to say the word mafia a million and ten times in the book. And family. It's all about family. The the familia. (laughs) So, uh, mafia is just a fancy word for white gang. That's what we're getting at here. Basically. All right. So, along with the subgenre of mafia romances, there are some pretty common tropes that we're going to run into along the way. And we have some of our favorite tropes, and we have some of our least favorite tropes that we run into in mafia romances. So let's go into our favorite tropes first. I know that this one is Sarah's absolute favorite, kidnapping. Sarah, why do you love kidnapping so much? You know, I think it's because I know that if I was kidnapped, I would give in to Stockholm Syndrome so fast. (laughs) So I like seeing how quick... You know, how quick do they give in? Or, you know, do you run away because you kind of sort of want the punishment and then you you get punished and you kind of like it? I just, I don't know what it is about kidnapping. I, it's, it's just so good. And I think that this is something that we've all discussed together that, you know, we would love to be kidnapped by like a wealthy, attractive man. <laughs> That, like, dishes out punishments and has all these amazing kinks and pretty much does everything for you. I mean, it would just, oh, it's like a dream life. Right, and most of the girls who are kidnapped don't necessarily like what's going on at home. You know, if they're from a mafia family, a lot of the times they're super sheltered and then the man who kidnaps them kind of opens up their world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, you have the other kind of kidnappings too where (laughs) 
their life was kind of okay, but, you know, maybe they were getting some vanilla dick and this bratva, <laughs> sexy Russian uh, just opens up their world. I would say, and this kind of plays into my least favorite trope, my least favorite trope is when the girl who gets kidnapped is, like, completely clueless about what her family does and, like, why she's getting kidnapped in the first place. Like, I want my female main character to be, like, aware. Like, you'll have some of the female main characters who are well aware of the fact that their father is a boss in the Italian mafia or whose father is big in the Russian mafia, and they're well aware of what their father's doing. But then sometimes you'll have the female main characters who have no fucking idea and have been sheltered their entire life. And it's just annoying because, like, I want them to be autonomous. I want them to be able to, like, have knowledge and power over the situation that's happening to them. And most of the time when you get that clueless female main character, it's like you want to bash your head against the wall because they are just missing all the obvious signs as to what's going on around them. It truly is poor parenting, right? You're an underboss uh-huh. in the mafia and you're not like you need to have kidnapping strategies. You need to be <laughs> like, listen, my little Italian princess, some Russian giant might try and kidnap you one day. And this needs to be the game plan. Like you need to have ladders in their bedrooms. So they can <laughs> climb out their windows and shit. Like you need flares. You need switch knives. You need to be prepared. It's like the plan you make with your kids for if the house is on fire, except you have to make a plan for if you get kidnapped. Exactly. Yeah, I just think it's super unrealistic that, you know, your 18-year-old daughter has no idea what you do. Like, okay, there's, like, all these guys that just hang out at your house all the time, and you're having all these secret conversations behind closed doors, and... You know that your dad, like, carries a gun at all times. Like, come on. How fucking naive are you? And that's why that trope annoys me, because it's like, I don't want a naive, clueless female main character. I want a female main character who's going to be aware enough of the shit that's going on around her to put two and two together and realize that your dad's in the mafia. Know that your family is not, like, good people. In addition to kidnapping, as one of our favorite tropes, we're also big fans of the arranged marriage trope and the many different ways that that can be spun in a mafia romance. So I've been obsessed with arranged marriages prior to getting into mafia books. Like, did either of you watch that show in India on Netflix? Like, I was obsessed with the arranged marriages. I don't know what it is. It's just fascinating and you're stuck you've got to work it out right so whether they like each other most of the time they're going to hate each other and then they're going to fall in love later but it's forced proximity and there's really nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. I I feel like I like the arranged marriage trope because it's like the idea that these two people who are being forced into the situation can work together to like get to a better understanding of one another and it forces them to open up and communicate and find a better way to work with one another and it just leads to a lot of character development which leads to a better story so typically with the arranged marriages you see a lot of character growth on both sides another fave the guy who is obsessed as also known as the touch her and I'll kill you trope This is huge in mafia romances, and it just, it makes me so happy, even though in real life this would be something psychotic. But when the guy, like, shoots someone for saying something mean to her, when the guy sets a gas station on fire because the guy behind the counter tried to hit on her, (laughs) who doesn't love a little bit of crazy psycho obsession? I love it. And it's even better when they're not even together yet and the obsession starts and then it gets even worse when they are together. Ugh, Who doesn't want to be somebody's obsession? Just the idea of like, if you say anything rude about her, I'm going to shoot you in the leg. (laughs) (laughs) Just does something to me. (laughs) And they can be a real asshole to her, too, right? So the mafia guy, can he can be an asshole, but no one else is allowed. Yeah, like, 
And he might call her a slut at some point. Might tell her that, like, she's being a fucking idiot. But if anyone else says that to her, done he's, for. He's going to fucking kill him. And that's, like, what I love the most. I think that, you know, they're so used to being able to, like, speak, like, to people, like, however they want because they're in a position of power. But they're just so obsessed with the female main character that it's just, like, ugh, all the things that they do for her. <laughs> That segues into something else that I like, and that is when the female character is the only one who's able to talk shit to them, and they actually kind Mm -hmm. of like it, because no one else talks to them like that, so it's refreshing for someone to call them out on their shit. I feel like that's a really great transition to the sunshine grump trope, which is our other favorite trope of, like... The girl is just brightness and sunshine and brings all of this joy into the house. And the guy is just like, I fucking hate everyone except her. (laughs) Which, I mean, if you're out there capping people, chopping up bodies, you know, you got a drug cartel to run. I get it. I I think I'd be a little bit grumpy, too. That seems like a stressful job. (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's pretty much like, if I fuck this up, there's going to be someone above me who's going to kill me. So that's just a little bit stressful. A little bit. I also love that idea of, like, he never smiles, except he smiles when he's with her. Like, that just, like, warms my heart. Oh, that is super cute. <laughs> or, like, when they're in bed together and he, like, confides in her with whatever deep, dark secret that he was, like, planning to bring to the grave. And you're just like, oh, he's such a softy sometimes. Exactly. Or when, like, she has, like, that emotional breakdown where she's like, I just need you to open up. And he, like, walks away. But then when he comes back, he, like, bears his soul to her. That's like, oh, Ugh. God. <sighs> We love a brooding man. Truly. Not, I mean, not so much in real life, though. No, that's Listen, only if you're not in this, in this universe. If you're not going to talk to me in real life, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> All right. Least favorite tropes. Starting off strong with the ideas of virginity and purity, which if you've listened to any of our Lords of Pain, Lords of Wrath episodes, you know how Ashley and I feel about the importance of virginity, it's which so is gross. to say it's not it's not important at all. Uh, but in a lot of these uh, mafia families, especially with like Italian mafia, there's a huge emphasis put on the woman being pure until marriage. Catholicism. And, the, and like they have to show the blood on the sheets after oh. the wedding night. And um, I'm trying to think, well, then also, like, the guys can do whatever the fuck they want, which I mean, typical. But then, like, men can have mistresses and that's acceptable. But, like, the woman has to say pure to only her husband. And all of that double standard bullshit is my least favorite. I agree. How they call every woman that they slept with before their wife a whore. But their wife is a perfect... And I'm like, no, baby, you the whore. You've been getting that nasty dick up in everywhere. And you have the audacity to call these women (laughs) whores? No, sir. No. You the whore. Double standards are the fucking worst. I think that the whole mistress thing, that's what really bothers me. Like, oh, like, I'm allowed to have sex with whoever I want after we're married, but you're only going to have sex with me. I hate it so much. Like, we're both in this marriage. You don't get to have a side piece. You know, I haven't read it in too many mafia books, but cheating in the books is also a big no-no for me. I do not. I I can't get into it. Yeah, I don't read any books with cheating, really. I'm just not, not a fan. No, that's a big ick for all three of us. We're not interested in reading romances that have cheating. That's like takes me out of the entire romance aspect. All right. And we did already talk a little bit about how it annoys us when the female main character is weak or clueless. Like I want a strong female main character who is using information as currency, who is aware of the world and what's going on around her and is able to use her being a woman to manipulate the strong men around her. Because even though they're not in, like, the position of, like, typical power, 
they, as a woman, have the ability to get the situation to where they want it to be using different sorts of manipulation tactics. And I love seeing that type of strength from my female main characters. That's right. You use that pussy power. (laughs) You use it. All right. So we are going to start off with Italian Mafia. So Sarah, give us the rundown on some characteristics of Italian Mafia. Italian Mafia, by far, has the most books out there written on it, probably because it is the easiest, because it could be pretty much anywhere in the United States. They have a lot to work with. It's really everyone in the United States, for sure, has watched The Godfather or knows The Sopranos. They know the Italian Mafia. So Mm -hmm. it's a big emphasis on family. The women are protected princesses you're pretty much going to have an arranged marriage most of the time um some of the grosser sides of the arranged marriage is like a female is born and you're already signed away like you already know who you're going to be married to as a child um Uh which you got to kind of worry about the genetics a little bit here right like there's only so (laughs) many people in the mafia i mean we gotta you know I'm a little bit worried about that. But (laughs) (laughs) the structure of the Italian mafia is pretty easy. You got your capo. He's your biggest. He has his underbosses. Their underbosses have their bosses. And then you just kind of have your foot soldiers. And typically, it's all regionally based. You know, the main Italians that you're going to see are in New York, Chicago. And I have seen more leaning out in like the Vegas area and things like that. So my question to you two is, have you had any run-ins, like any interactions with mafia in real life? No. I mean, I've been to the Italian market in Baltimore, so maybe. (laughs) I actually have an Italian mafia story, but it's like, it's not like direct contact. So we, um, we were up in Philly And we were going out to eat at a place that my uncle knew. And it was like this restaurant, but it was like in the middle of this townhouse in Philly. And like we walked in, it was like home cooked Italian food. There was like just wine on the table. I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time. They're like giving us shots of uh, limoncello. They're like, it's okay. It's okay. You can have wine if you want to. You can have this. And I'm like looking at my mother like, you're going to let me 14 year old. 14 years old just like drink it in this non-restaurant that we're in right now and then we walk out of this place the food was phenomenal but we walk out of this place and my mom is like yeah that is that place is like connected with the italian mafia in philly and i was like oh okay that makes a lot of sense that they can just kind of do whatever the fuck they want and it's got it's, it's hard in new jersey too because new jersey is filled with italian people So it's like New Jersey and New York, mafia, not mafia? I don't know. So let's dive into our favorite books or series that involve the Italian mafia. Starting off strong with two of the books from the Maid series by Danielle Laurie, which might be our favorite mafia series of all time. Sarah, would you agree with that assessment? I would, yes. And every book that we're recommending today, except for one series, is on Kindle Unlimited. Thank you for pointing that out. Yes. Uh, so starting off with The Maddest Obsession uh, by Danielle Laurie, this focuses around Christian and Gianna. Christian is not involved with the Italian mafia, but he works for the he's considered a dirty FBI agent and works with many different mob families as a source of intelligence and information for them. And he runs into Gianna at a bunch of different Italian mafia family gatherings And he starts to become obsessed with Gianna. And slowly over time, they come together, even though Gianna is convinced that he hates her from, like, the very beginning. And I love this story so much. I love Gianna. I think that she is a perfect example of someone who is well aware of the world that she was born into. And she just owns herself. She owns her sexuality. She uses her influence to get what she needs in the world and move forward and feel safe and secure. And it's just the love story between her and Christian is so wonderful. 
And this has one of my favorite, very specific niche tropes, and that is when the female main character is afraid of thunderstorms and he comforts her. I absolutely love that scene. And Christian is only gentle with Gianna. He also loves his brother Ronan, but Gianna is the only person he is gentle with. And Christian speaks in very short sentences, and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, Christian is also one of those types that we were talking about before of the touch her and I'll kill you variety. Uh, there is several scenes in which he proves this to be true, but my favorite is uh, when he tells Gianna if she goes home with a guy that he will kill him. And Gianna, just to be like a shit about it and call him out on it, takes the guy up to her room, even though like she's not interested in him at all. And wouldn't you know it, here comes Christian screwing on the silencer on his gun, <laughs> just straight up <laughs> shoots the guy as he's walking out of Gianna's apartment and leaves him there and walks away. <laughs> like Just leaves Gianna with the mess of this now dead body. But you know what? He gave her a warning, so he can't even be mad. <laughs> told her what was gonna happen when i read that scene i was dying laughing and my husband's like what is wrong with you it's i thought it was hilarious like he told you what was gonna happen gianna you probably should have listened and of course this is the only one of that series that i haven't read you'll love it ash Especially since you said how much you loved Gianna in uh, The Darkest Temptation. Just having a whole book of Gianna's antics, you're going to love it. Yeah, she's like so cute. She's just so funny. She is. Uh, I also loved um, the additional backstory you get in this book that helps you understand some of the family dynamics in the Italian mafia family that Gian is a part of there's there's like a running joke from the first book which we're going to talk about in a second the sweetest oblivion that their family bets on everything and Gianna especially is always at like the racetrack betting on horses and she places a bet on Christian at one point she's placing bets all over the story and I loved that so speaking of that Italian family we have the sweetest oblivion by Danielle Laurie same series this story follows Nico and Elena. Uh, Nico is actually in an arranged marriage with Elena's sister. They're planning to get married. And Elena catches his eye. And just like we see Christian in book two, Nico has a bit of an obsession that he can't let go. And it gets to the point where his family is betting on the fact that he's going to marry Elena instead of her sister. His feelings are obvious to everyone except him and Elena. At one point, Elena was flirting with Christian, and <laughs> because he's an asshole, he just pushes her into the pool. <laughs> and at that point, his family was like, yep, we're going to win this bet if we bet on him marrying her, because they knew it was a done deal at that point. I, I totally forgot this, but one of my favorite parts in that book was how, in like Nico's inner monologue how much shit he was talking about her sister about how weird she was because oh, <laughs> she's like a, <laughs> she's like a like a drama like musical geek and nico's like this girl is weird as shit i gotta get out of this <laughs> and i felt so bad about it too but she was pretty fucking weird <laughs> even though like elena's not my favorite like female main character out of this series but still I did love Nico I will give Elena credit for when they were at lunch and that dude got capped in the face and blood was squirted all over her face and she was like well I'm just gonna have to sit down and finish lunch because <laughs> it is how it is that really set the tone for the rest of the book but uh, Nico is the head of his family, and uh, Elena belongs to a rival family in the Italian Mafia, and they're trying to form an alliance through marriage. But there's a lot of um, Elena trying to come to terms with the fact of, like, she's been controlled her whole life, and she's trying to find independence while also, like, following the path that she feels is right for her. So the sweetest uh, Oblivion is really about like Elena and Nico finding themselves 
through like building a relationship with each other and it's a very like i feel like it's kind of like the sweetest story out of all out of the three uh christian and gianna's story and then later we'll talk about ronan and mila but those two get a lot darker than nico and elena really do and i hated the obsession with virginity in this one like it's there and it's real and it's awful and i hate it yeah that really colors how elena views herself throughout the series just based on like her family's reactions to her and how they treat her it it does a whole lot of stuff to kind of fuck up her self-perception but it was great seeing the character growth and i will say this author also does a really good job with each book your perception of each of the characters changes like i was terrified to read the second book because of the way they painted gianna and then you read Gianna's book and Christian's like, Nico's an asshole. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know, he kind of is. So she does a really good job of putting you in the mindset of each of the characters as the books progress. But I also love like in you get to see a little bit of Nico and Elena in uh, Gianna and Christian's books. And Nico's a little bit of a conniving shit with like realizing <laughs> that Christian has feelings for Gianna and like pushing them together. Like he does a little bit of matchmaking, which just made me love him even more. I do think he wanted Gianna off of his plate though, too. I don't think that it was <laughs> totally from the bottom of his heart. <laughs> You're definitely right about that. All right. Next up in Italian Mafia, we have The Sweet Temptation by Cora Riley, or just Sweet Temptation. There's no the. I was not a huge fan of this book for several reasons. One, um, I didn't like the age gap. The age gap felt weird to me. It felt like like she was just so immature coming into the relationship, and then... On top of her being immature, her being flung into this role of being a mother to these very damaged children. And then there was the whole incest plot line, which really grossed me out. And then to then have like the time jump and then like the additional conflict of like her having kids and then his father wanted the other children DNA tested. There was so much going on. It felt like too much conflict. And then on top of it feeling like too much conflict, not all of the character development felt like believable. Some of it felt very forced. Overall, I just wasn't a huge fan of the book itself. I know Sarah has different feelings. Sarah, what are your feelings? So I did not mind this book as much. You know, I thought the whole incest thing was very like Jamie Cersei Lannister. So I got over that real quick. Um, <laughs> and I also enjoyed, I the one thing I really enjoyed about this book is how quickly she owned her sexuality. Uh, you know, she was young, but she was like, listen, I'm here. We're going to do this for me. You know, I'm not just going to lay back and, no, we are both going to be participants and we're going to have a great sex life. Did Cassio get on my nerves sometimes? Yes. he. It is very much, he is the grump, she is the sunshine. Um, but I didn't really mind everything that went on. And that is very much Cora's style of writing, which kind of leads into her whole Bound by Honor series which is constantly on book talk i see it recommended all the time and i do think that it is a good start into reading mafia romance it's not my favorite uh, a lot of them are really slow burn romances but she does stick to plot lines that are believable she doesn't go full-blown with anything um but, you know, I think it's a good starting point if you are looking to get into Mafia romance. I think that the Bound by Honor series by Cora Riley is a good starting point. So Sarah's going with the ease you in mindset instead of throwing you in the deep end of the Mafia world mindset. Yeah, I think she is really good at explaining how the Mafia works and their hierarchy and things like that. But I, I don't know. I just like my shit dark. With a lot of smut. And <laughs> those books do not have as much. You know, there's no real kink in a lot of the books. But 
I do think it it she does a really good job with explaining how the mafia works. All right, moving right along to two of our favorite authors, Caroline Pecco and Suzanne Valenti, have two books out in their Mafia series so far, Beautiful Carnage and then Beautiful Savage. I am the only one here who has read Beautiful Savage, so we're not going to talk about that book. But we will talk about Beautiful Carnage. Beautiful Carnage uh, is a kidnapping story where Rocco and his brothers kidnap our female main character from her wedding which was an arranged marriage and because she is in a rival italian mafia family and hold her hostage to try and control her father and throughout the series we see her coming to an understanding of the type of person her father really is um, and we see a lot of the dynamics between the brothers and their relationship with their father um, but this is really Rocco's love story and I love Rocco. He is like, he's not true crazy, crazy. He is what I would refer to as controlled crazy where he's able to rein himself in if he needs to. But like in the moments where he lets himself go, like you can see that there's a little bit off in his brain. Um, I am so excited for, uh, Frankie, his brother's book. Uh, I know that that's going to be incredible. I think that they're planning on doing all of the brothers um, at some point. I'm not sure when they're planning on continuing this series. But they've done Rocco and one other book so far, and I loved this book. Sarah, what were your thoughts? I enjoyed the book. It is a little bit of a slow burn to really get into the relationship part of it, but I enjoyed Rocco too. Like you said, he's not I see dead people crazy. He's more so of chaos crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that chick definitely has bacterial vaginosis because <laughs> she gets an icicle put up her hoo-ha and then cake frosting. But, like, this is kind of, like, a long-running thing with Caroline and Suzanne. Uh-huh. <laughs> I swear they, like, fit this into every book that they can. So, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. So, the question is, Caroline and Suzanne, why are we putting so many things up vaginas? So many baked <laughs> goods up vaginas. Like, the icicle, uh. I'm sure, you know, I, I've seen, you know, if you put an icicle in a cup and let it melt, it, it's not clean water. That comes off the roof. Yeah, there's always sediment mixed in with it. I mean, other stuff. I feel like but, personally, the icicle isn't as bad as the, like, the icing. That's not as bad <laughs> for me. Like, I would, I would be more willing for the icicle than the icing. I agree. I agree. And, you know, like, he, he bit off the edge, so he's not, like, sticking, like, the pointy side up her, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've, you know, we've re we've read some weird shit before, so <laughs> I'm sure that that exists out there, too. Pointy icicle tip penetration. I'm, I'm not going to go looking for it, though. <laughs> yeah, just like how we're not going to go looking for the Jar Jar uh, smutty fan fiction. Exactly. We're just going to let the internet do its thing. <laughs> All right. Last on our list to talk about for Italian Mafia, mafia books, we have Malice by Coralie June. Oh, goodness. So this is the only uh, reverse harem on this list. It is uh, our female main character gets kidnapped. Um, all three of the guys in the harem are brothers that are involved with the mafia family. One of the brothers is the head of the family. And they are all fucking crazy. This is like the definition of crazy mafia romance. And the craziest one was my favorite. Anthony, he was my favorite out of all of them. Uh, Anthony is the best. <laughs> like one of the best like psycho characters ever. But yeah, they're all certifiable. Every single one of them. The female main character, they're, they're all nuts. Very much so, yes. Um, <laughs> I see Sarah has noted the curling iron scene. Uh, there, I'm not going to spoil anything for you because that was a scene that took me by surprise. <laughs> but let's just see that uh, curling iron is used in a not-so-nice way. A creative way, but... 
I'm not I very nice can way. Probably imagine what what could be done with that. <laughs> And I will say, this has one of my biggest no-nos of a reverse harem, and that is that she has an undeniable favorite. Like, she literally says it. <laughs> she literally says, he owns me. Like, yeah. He, he like, lends me out, like, a library book to you out of the goodness of his heart. But I am his. Like, no. No. He's not worthy of being the favorite. <laughs> No. You know, I really wanted more smut in this book. I thought I with how nuts they were, I thought that they were going to do some crazy things. Like a, like, brother, like, I don't know, just weirder shit. Yeah. Was like, there any group scenes? I don't no. think that there were. Mm-mm. Like, no, like, brother DP, which like, we know no... how I feel about, like, brothers, but... I just thought that there would be, like, more kink in there. You know, uh, when I think of, like, the Anthony and her scene, that's not the kind of kink that I wanted. <laughs> but, but you know, they just, I, I felt like for all of the craziness we got, we should have gotten a little bit more smut. I feel like this should have been done as a duet. I thought that the last 25% was rushed and that we didn't get everything tied up as nicely as I would have liked. I agree. Uh, Ash, did you say there's going to be a second book coming out? Yeah, it's called Wrath, but I don't know, like, what the second book is about. Like, if it's, like, continuing their story, or if it's, um, that, like, one girl's story. Oh, the sister? Yeah. I hope not. She's a bitch. Yeah, she was the fucking worst. So, yeah, it's called Wrath, which, you know, I'm, like, so over that, like, (laughs) from Lords of Wrath. I'm just over that title. But there is a second book. But I don't think it's a continuation of their story. Maybe we'll get like some tidbits, but I don't know. So moving right along, that wraps up our time talking about the Italian Mafia. But now we get on to Sarah's favorite, the Russian Mafia. Sarah, tell us about why you love the Russian Mafia so much. Ugh, okay. First of all, Russian Mafia just hits different. (laughs) I feel like... Russian mafia has less rules than Italian mafia has. You know, they're willing to bring people into the fold who might not necessarily be completely Russian. You have the tough, cold, silent type of man. A lot of the times they don't care about who they're marrying. There's not as many rules or arranged marriages. Most of them are covered in tattoos and they have dark hair and like steely gray or blue eyes. Mm. And, (laughs) you know, it's Russia. They're out there shooting bears and shit when they're like five years old. So they all have special forces training. A lot of them spent time in prison. You know, in Russia, you spend like three years in prison for murdering somebody. So they're out real quick. And then they're out running the bratva. And I like Russian mafia anywhere. I love it when they're in Russia. I love it when they're in the United States. I love when they say sweet nothings in Russian. Even though you would think. Yes. You would think Italian. Oh, you're like, oh, that's a love language. No, I want to hear the harsh Russian words coming out of your mouth when you're doing things to me. (laughs) Oh, God. There is just something about, like, that tough, silent type of man that, like, is the stereotypical Russian mafia man that you would, like, picture in your brain. I just love it. The, like cold heartless exterior oh but they're like sweet for the ladies that they love so good Mm. so the first russian mafia series we're going to talk about is the deception trilogy by rena kent uh i just read this recently i know ashley did too um adrian was something else so adrian is our uh mafia guy We have a female main character who gets kidnapped at the beginning of the story. Um, This has an insane plot. I texted Sarah so many times being like, 
what the fuck is going on in this book? It is a mind fuck of a series. Rena Kent, your brain must be someplace really interesting to live because I can't even imagine coming up with a plot like this. And the smut in this, like, Adrian's sex scenes, like, holy fuck, that, like, hit me on, like, another level. It's very a dom-submissive relationship. You have a little bit of masochism in there, uh, and he is just bossy. I love it. Same. And, like, oh, him talking dirty to her, like, fuck me. (laughs) He didn't come here to fuck around. He did not. He, well, he, he did. Knew what he wanted. But not. <laughs> and I have not finished the third book, just because, like, I'm this series is a little heavy for me right now. But, like, what a mind fuck. Like, <laughs> so wild. I also like that you got to see a lot more of the dynamics within the mafia organization. A lot of times, since we're, like, focused on the relationship that's going on, you don't see a lot of, like, the work side of things. But throughout this trilogy, you get to see, like, exactly how Adrian is interacting with the rest of, like, the higher-ups within the Mafia organization, interacting with the, how is it, Pacan? Pacan? Pacan. 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 (laughs) I love a Pacan pie. Pacan. What was that, the boss? <laughs> yeah, I read a book recently, and I almost had to DNF it because she kept calling, they, every word in there was the Don for a Russian boss. And I'm like, did you not do any research before you wrote this? He's not the Don, that's Italian. Sarah will school you on some Russian mafia terminology. That's right. All right, the moment we've all been waiting for. Whew. Our favorite uh, book boyfriend out of this entire list. We have The Darkest Temptation by Danielle Laurie. This is Ronan and Mila's story and just a Ronan forever. That's That should be your one takeaway is that if you're going to read any book from this episode, it should be The Darkest Temptation and you will fall in love with Ronan. And this is the book that I started with in this series. I just jumped to this one. And, oh, it's just so good. It's because I could not stop talking about it. I was like, listen, 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 listen. You guys have got to read my man. And it does not disappoint. This is a kidnapping story. And Ronan is unlike any mafia guy I have read. He can joke around. He winks. He makes jokes, and I can actually read his character with his Russian accent, and him in the bedroom is just like, ugh, yes. And I love their relationship, and ugh, I've read this book twice. Every time he calls her kitten, I just am dead. What is it, Konstyanik or something is Uh how you say it in Russian? And I don't know why... But the scene where she is poisoned and he puts his fingers in her mouth to make her throw. I don't know why that scene gets to me. It shouldn't. It's gross. But I love that scene. I mean, he, like, is not going to let anything happen to her. I think that that's what the appeal of it is. Like, And also, like, he does not care about getting dirty at all. Like, he's touched throw up multiple times in the book she mentions that she's on her period, and he's like, I'm not afraid of a little blood. <laughs> like, he he does not care. Uh, Mila is that clueless main character, so I was kind of annoyed with her in the beginning. I was texting Sarah and Ash being like, what is wrong? How is she this clueless? Like, how does she not know what's going on? But, I mean, she catches up quickly. She's able to use her feminine wiles to get what she needs in a situation. Uh, She, like, makes all of his men, like, love her as a person because she's, like, just so sweet. Like, the whole household is, like, except for the housekeeper, who is just, like, a surly old Russian woman. But everyone else in the household is, like, doing whatever she wants. 
there's just so much to love about the series. And then Gianna and Christian pop up because Ronan and Christian are brothers and they come and visit them in Russia and we get some more Gianna wonderfulness. Oh, those scenes um, are so good. <laughs> Every scene where Gianna and Christian are there is my favorite in that book. Their daughter is so funny. I remember just highlighting everything that little girl said. And uh, Ronan holding his niece and, like, downloading, like, the murder princess game for her. (laughs) And, like, her parents doing, like, everything the daughter... Like, it's... it That book is just gold. Like, I was riveted from beginning to end, and I read it twice. And you know that's a good book. There... When Sarah was preparing for this episode, she's like, I need to reread Ronan, but I'm terrified he's not going to live up to my memory of him. I said, you don't need to be terrified. Ronan lives up to the hype every time. He sure does. And so I have two series that my friends here have not read that are also Russian mafia that I really enjoyed. The first is the Playmaker series by Cressley Cole. This is the only series on here that is not on Kindle Unlimited, and these books are very, very kink-driven. The first one, The Professional, he is her bodyguard, and I mean, serious BDSM. I mean, they go to a sex club in France, a lot of voyeurism. So, I mean, if you really want Russian Mafia with a lot of kink, that book is really good. But the second book is even better, which is The Master, which is Maximilian. And he is Russian and she is Spanish. So they're constantly talking to each other in other language. And she is an escort, and it is her first time doing that, and he hires escorts because he can't love anyone, and something happens, and then he kind of keeps her prisoner in his penthouse. I mean, when you talk about being a prisoner, she's living a pretty good life. She orders a treadmill, thousands of dollars of clothes, and he just lets her do it. Uh, That book is also very kink driven he makes her wear a chastity belt because he says that he is the only one who is going to make her come and there's edging and forced orgasms and very very kink driven books so if you're gonna pay for books i definitely recommend those in the mafia series the last one gonna be buying those (laughs) The last one I only recommend if you want to have your soul ripped in fucking half. Oh. Sam. Oh, Sarah told me I'm not allowed to read this series. I have never cried reading a book, and this one had me close. So if you really want to have your life destroyed, read The Mafia and His Angel by Lila James. I mean... There are a lot of trigger warnings, a lot of past trauma. It's it's a great book, but holy shit, it is going to ruin your day. So if you're in the mood to have, you know, an emotional moment, that mafia book is for you. I don't I don't think I can emotionally handle it. I could bear I <laughs> I don't even have words. I feel like she I could goes through do it. a lot. And there is a lot of crying by the female main character in that book, which I usually do not like. But she straight up has reasons why she is crying so much. She earned the right to cry. She earned the right to cry. But I will say, it does have a happy ending, so at least there's that. We do love a happily ever after. I don't like a book that doesn't have a happy ever after. I'm like, where is the serotonin? So Sarah's reading this series and she's texting me and she's like, Sam, I almost cried. So in my mind, I'm like, if Sarah's almost crying, this book is going to emotionally wreck me. And then we met up on Thursday for lunch and she looked me dead in the face and said, yeah, you're not allowed to read that series. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to trust Sarah on that one. All right, Sarah, tell us about the Irish Mafia. Irish Mafia and Italian Mafia are pretty similar. For the most part, 
all of your Irish mafia is going to happen in Boston. I think that all of these books, except for one of these is in Chicago, uh, but that's primarily where your Irish is going to be. You have the big family. You still have a lot of arranged marriages. Um, and Irish people are just super freaking cute. And anytime they say, I, I die. I love reading. <laughs> I, I. Uh, but I also have a hard time with Irish Mafia with a child named Liam. And it's very hard to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to read it with a, your child's name. Um, and it's a bunch of pink because I am the only one who has read really any Irish Mafia. So my biggest wrecks are The Beautifully beautifully Cruel and Cruel Paradise by J.T. Gedinger, I think is how she says her name. And it is, it is a duet. The smut isn't anything crazy, but the romances on these are so cute. And it is a very unique twist to Mafia. So it, it's not like anything else I've read. So if you're looking for something a little bit different and you want to get out of the Italian and try something different, I highly recommend those. The next one is Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. This is, I think, the Brutal Birthright series. I've only read a couple of those books, but people really love them. A lot of them are going to be slow burns and most of them have audio versions on Kindle Unlimited. This one is a strong female main character. They're enemies to lovers, and they're kind of the backbone of all of the books that follow that. And I also would recommend this series for anyone who is just getting into Mafia. You learn a lot of the hierarchies, and I think it's a good stepping stone. The last book is Ruthless People by J.J. McAvoy. This is Irish meets Italian, and I haven't read anything else like this because the female main character is actually the one running the Italian mafia behind the scenes. So she straight up is like killing people in the basement and wears like a white dress and then like takes off her, you know, Louboutins and then kills somebody and then goes back upstairs. Love that. Love a strong woman. I mean, really, like, the first time they meet, they wind up in a brawl, like, straight up fist fighting each other in the basement of her house to, like, assert <laughs> their dominance because he thought that he was getting, you know, an Italian mafia princess and it was going to be sweet love. But no, he gets someone who is even more alpha than he is. Um this book does get a little bit over the top with the violence. And at a certain point, you're just like, oh, my gosh, get over yourselves. But I did like that it is such a strong female main character. I have one to actually add to this Irish Mafia section. I don't know if either of you have read this, but um, the Brotherhood series by Penelope Black. Have either of you read that? The first no. book is Wolf. Nope. Oh, it's a good one. I think that we talked earlier about how we don't really like that many, um, like, mafia reverse harems, but this is one that I think is done well. I've only read the first book, but um, it turns out that um, the female main character's mom has a new fiancé, and her, like, soon-to-be stepbrothers are, like, these guys that have all, at some point, like, been obsessed with her. Like, the one guy, James, like used to like date her and then the one would like come watch her at this bar that she would do karaoke at and it's just a really good series so if you're looking for something else Irish Mafia that's a good one that is the thing there's not a whole lot of reverse harem mafia books I found that there's a lot more reverse harem gang romances than mafia romances and I feel like that just kind of plays into like the ultra alpha uh, stereotype that you see with a lot of the mafia men in these stories. It doesn't really suit itself to sharing. But I mean, I'll read any good reverse harem. So if Ashley says it's good, I'll trust her. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. And I think with mafia, you're usually actually blood brothers, but in gangs, you're like 
theoretical brothers. So, you know, when you're, like, DPing somebody, it's not as awkward. I think that these are, like, <laughs> they're, like, adopted brothers. They're not, like, truly brothers. Because, again, right. we, we all know how weird I am about, about that sort of thing. <laughs> it seems like twins, that's, like, okay for me. But as long as it's not, like, past that... I don't mind. It de- it depends. It depends. All right. Rolling right along to our last section. Any other miscellaneous, smaller niche of mafia? So we might see Polish, Romanian, you know, any of those uh, Eastern European countries that we didn't cover from the get-go. So I know Sarah has some wrecks in this category. Yeah, so I have Stolen Air by Sophie Lark. That is Polish, and that's pretty much the only Polish one that I have read. Actually, I listened to it on audiobook, and I really recommend it because the narrator uses an accent when he reads it. The female main character did get on my nerves. She is one of those very, very sheltered girls. She doesn't even try to escape. You know, like, you gotta try to escape once. So I didn't At like least that. once. And it just didn't have enough spice for me, but not everyone is looking for an insane amount of spice. So if you want a good kidnapping story that's not insane, that's a good one. And then uh, Sam hasn't read this, but me and Ashley have, and that is The Devil You Hate by J.L. Beck. And I think that this falls under Italian, but they never specifically say all of the families that are associated with it but it, it it definitely has that mafia feel it does not have that gang feel yeah and um this first book i loved the devil you hate the second book the devil you know i mean it's still good and worth a read but it just didn't didn't hit like the first book it's probably because me and ashley need therapy because we liked the book when they were fighting each other versus when they were okay with each other <laughs> um if you're into a breeder kink that's the second book will be good for you and and the first book does have a lot of cnc themes and i was really into it i was really into it too <laughs> sarah and i are pretty uh twisted individuals <laughs> i like i like it dark man yeah, and I think that the concept for that book was just really unique in the way that, like, the kidnapping was handled and what was going to happen, so. Yeah, it, it is very different. You know, a lot of times it's, oh, I'm kidnapping you for ransom, and that isn't necessarily what he's doing. And then, of course, he's like, but you're mine, but you're not going to be, but you are, but you're not. <laughs> and we all knew that she was going to be, like... Yes. But I will say that first book, I read it before the, the second duet was out, and that cliffhanger is something else. So you're, you all are lucky. Both <laughs> of the books are out. All right. So fi- let's wrap up with our final thoughts on Mafia romances as a whole. Um, let's start with our absolute must-reads. I think my absolute must-reads from all this big list that we went just went through – I would say the entire Maid series by Danielle Laurie is an absolute must-read for me. I agree. Same for me. I definitely recommend The Vow of Deception by Rena Kent, too. It's a total mess-with-your-mind book, but I, I it's, it's so well done. I enjoyed it a lot. And I would say that if you're someone with mental health issues, that might be one that, like, wait until you're in a good headspace to read that. Yes. That, I don't think I've ever had a plot of a book fuck with my mind as much as that series did. That was insane. A lot of me texting you guys, like, what the fuck? And I'm like, (laughs) Ashley, just finish the book, goddammit. And another uh, book that we didn't talk about on here, but I will definitely recommend it, especially for people who are just entering entertaining mafia, is The Italian by T.L. Swan. If you want something that's going to make you laugh, but is also mafia, definitely check that one out. And that one is kind of where he was clueless 
up until something happens. So it's definitely a different plot than I'm used to. So I, that one is also on Kindle Unlimited. I, I like that twist. I like that he was the clueless one for once. Yeah, that is a nice change. And I love T.L. Swan. I love T.L. Like, her books always make me laugh. I So I can't, I always recommend her books. All right. Uh, favorite book boyfriends of the genre? I think all of us are just going to say Ronan. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's, there's no one else for me. <laughs> but Adrian, God. I don't know. Adrian does do things to me, too. <laughs> These are both books that you guys haven't read yet, but Maximilian Sebastian from The Master, which I was telling you all about, like, the kink stuff. Ugh. He is something else. And then on the Irish side, uh, Killian from Cruel Paradise. What I love about Killian is he can do any accent, uh, and he kind of brings that into the bedroom, and mm. uh, they have a lot of fun with that. All right. Any final thoughts on mafia romances as a whole? Read them. <laughs> Join us in our love of Ronan. All right. Uh, let's jump into what we are reading this week. Uh, this week, I hit my 150th book reading goal. Yay! On, yeah, on Goodreads. Um, I read The Maddest Obsession and The Deception Trilogy in order to prepare for this Mafia episode. I also read the newest release of the Emerald Lake series by Britt Andrews, The Magic of Destiny, which will help me prepare for next week's episode. In addition, um, I read the first two books of The Hellgate Guardians by Ivy Asher and Raven Kennedy, and uh, the wonderful friend of the show, Grace McGinty, gifted Ashley and I with advanced reading copies of her newest Omegaverse novel, Mannix. So I started reading that as well. Ash, how about you? Uh, this week I read Cupid Psycho by Beatrix Hollow. And oh, I loved that book so much. Baz and Nemo are oh, they're everything to me. Um, I also read Vow of Deception and Tempted by Deception by Rena Kent for this episode. Um, I feel like I'm the one who's read the least amount of Mafia romance, but I do really enjoy it. Um, I'm currently reading The Magic of Destiny, book four in the Emerald Lake series by Britt Andrews. I'm so excited to, you know, see where she's going with this series. Um, so after this book, there is one book left. Um... After that, I'm going to be working on my Ark of Manix by our friend Grace McGinty. Um, it was so nice of her to gift that to us. And I'm, like, very interested where we're going with this Omegaverse male pregnancy. This is going to be a, a first for me, but I'm, I'm trying to stay open-minded. <laughs> Sarah? So I read the first book in the fire in his blood by ruby dixon which are her dragon books so if you were a fan of ice planet barbarians it has really similar themes you know mates where you would do anything to protect them i do think the themes are a little bit darker than we see in ipb but i did enjoy it they are like dragon shifters so it's not like girls with actual dragons in case you were wondering which, I mean, that's what I was hoping for, but... I mean, like, when they're in their dragon form, they will, like, pick them up with their talons. And, I mean, it's just a convenient way to travel. But I just don't think that that's physically possible because the dragons are, like, the size of airplanes. I mean, they said, like, a dick, tongue, though. though. You know, they don't say anything about the dick in dragon form. But I only read the first book, so we'll have to see where that goes. I wonder if it's, like, a horse where, like, it, like, comes out. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know what I find out. <laughs> I also read Mr. Garcia by Teal Swan. The smut in that book is excellent, but they are a very toxic couple, if that's not your jam. But I mean, they do a lot of her pretending to be a prostitute. Um,. That sounds and fun. that book also made me laugh a lot like T.L. Swan always does. And I, I, I did it for the group. I did my charity work and I read Priest by <laughs> Sierra Simone. And the smut in that book with it being taboo was excellent. The whole book is in the male point of view. 
But he does start to get on my nerves with how annoying he can be about making a decision. I am getting back into the Fallen Men series by Gianna Darling, which is the MC books. I took a little bit of a break, but I think I'm going to read those. and I'm going to read some more dragon books. I'm excited for you to report back about the dragon's penis. I'll see what I find out. (laughs) We have to know. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah, for joining us this week. We couldn't have done this episode without your mafia expertise. Yes. Thank you for having me. Such a professional. (laughs) Kidnap me, Ronan. Kidnap me, please. If Ronan kidnaps you, you have to take the two of us along, too. Shove your fingers down my throat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, I think I would be willing to share Ronan with you guys because that he... It just doesn't seem right to keep them all to myself. Plenty, so generous. Plenty of you. to go around. <laughs> you know, I wish she described his penis size more. She really does. I know. We discussed that. We were really hoping that, like, we would have more of a description of what it was like. I personally really enjoy that when there's, like, a good penis description. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, I guess it's all, it's like, it's like Bella Swan and Twilight. You just use your imagination. <laughs> Insert your ideal penis here. That's right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Smut and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Join us next week as we discuss the Emerald Lake series by Britt Andrews. We are going to dive into the magic and the faded mates and all the fun stuff that goes along with that story. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We'd love it if you would share our podcast with friends and on social media. If you have any book recommendations, send them our way. And if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode, reach out. We would love to have you. A special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.